0: Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com.
1: Here we go again, Guys Sports Spectacular, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, that's Patrick Quinn working the audio board right over there. Uh, so humbled that you would spend a bit of your weekend with us. We've got the cool kids hanging out with us here on the show. None other than former Alani golf star, Nick Hardy, fresh off his 14th place tie at the U.S. Open last week, back in action again this weekend. Mr. Hardy standing by in our newsmaker line from Connecticut, uh, where again, that's the PG tour stop this week. Doug Eldridge, an attorney. He's an agent. He's a PR executive. Uh, he's kind of a smart guy, kind of talented. And he joins us to talk about the finances surrounding NIL, name, image, likeness. Big week as well in Illini football, the latest on recruiting. We hear from Brad Underwood and Shauna Green, hoops coaches times two. So sit back and enjoy. Let us entertain you. Let's tip things off, though, with some of hoops. And, Brad, that's always kind of uh, where we start. Um, we've, as we've said, the roster pretty much filled, but still a lot of activity and, and things happening.
2: They're getting – most of the guys are on campus now. I think uh, Matthew Meyer is the only guy not on campus. He'll be there soon in July. Um, Ty Rogers back from USA basketball. He's got a gold medal uh, around his neck. Now he doesn't actually practice with the gold medal. He doesn't wear it. I'm sure he keeps that home, but uh, getting him back, you know, he just brings a level of energy to this team that, uh, and adds something to it. I mean, they're, they're just so dynamic on the wing with Terrence Shannon and Ty Rogers, RJ Melendez, and, and then Matthew Meyer and, coleman hawkins just long athletic kids and then a guy like luke, luke goody brings us shooting and toughness so tons of wings at illinois and it's a wings game so that's a good thing they're they're really getting after it in practice and they have a lot they're young so they got a lot to learn so it's fun to watch
3: yeah there has to be a, an awful lot of intensity knowing that you know that there's there's 10 you know maybe spots that you can play on a regular basis you know and um are you seeing a ratcheting up or hearing about a ratcheting up? Because, you know, with this much competition, almost every practice is important just to stake your claim on playing time.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I think there is. I mean, I think they have to be in that mindset. You know,
1: they're called every members only Zoom, where if you're an IlliniGuys.com member, you get to come in and kind of talk with you and the other insiders, get some of the inside scoop in a real time uh, fashion. Tell us about uh, you mentioned in terms of there is a video out there of Ty Rogers diving for a ball and some veterans kind of went kind of an ole and he just beat him to it. Just just the effort.
2: Yeah, I was on the Illinois bas- men's basketball Twitter. And that's something that, uh, you know, he, he just he dives on the floor. You know, other guys kind of go after the ball and he just goes all out after the ball. And that's the kind of guy that not only makes you, you know, he's going to improve and keep working, obviously makes the team better. But he makes everybody better as an individual, too, because he pushes them to do things that they didn't know they could do. Or they Sometimes you don't realize you're not playing as hard as you can until there's a guy actually playing as hard as he can. And he comes up there next to you.
3: Yeah, and a lot of times that's reserved for that, that player trying to be, you know, the last guy in the rotation or, you know, being that guy who finally makes the team because of that effort. And when it's a, when it's one of the players who's one of your most talented players, that's a heck of a combination for a coach to, to play with and throw at other teams.
1: And as Brad mentioned, he's the guy who walks in the gym with a gold medal. <laughs> <And it's, laughs> so I mean, you know, it's yeah. He's, he's, he's good. Yeah. He's, he's got some bona fides walking in as only a freshman. Um, so that's kind of a, the new line. I, in terms of the old, uh, Thursday night, also the NBA draft 58 picks uh, were made and Kofi Coburn was not one of them. It was uh, not an NBA draft pick.
2: Yeah. You know, it, it's disappointing, I think, because I'm sure Kofi thought, you know, he, he would get drafted or hoped he would get drafted. And, but at the end of the day, you know, he, he's had an opportunity now he's got something to prove and, uh, you know, he find the, he can play in the summer league and see how he does there. And, Uh, Now go out and prove something, you know, last year, I would assume we got drafted a lot lower than um, he thought he should have. And so now Kofi's in that same mode, like he's got to go out and show what he can do and, and earn a roster spot wherever it may be.
3: Yeah. And this is when you kind of see what people are made of, you know, anybody can win when things are going well. But how do you react when you get knocked on your posterior? You know, that was kind of the difference between Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. And, um, you know, this hasn't gone exactly the way Kofi wanted it to. But, you know, he has to get better and get a plan and and put it into place because he does bring seven foot and 285 pounds to the table that nobody else does. But you got to improve your skill sets with that.
4: And it,
1: to your point, I agree with both of you that, you know, it's one of those things that we know he's disappointed, but we also knew this was a real possibility of this happening. Um, and we've seen so many guys go in the summer league, make their mark, get a roster spot, work their way up. Guys who fell in the second round. I mean, so much talk right now, Jalen Brunson, a second round guy about to get paid by somebody <laughs> in summer. Yeah. Right. Uh, obviously Iowa's second round Why up being, a, you know, on the all rookie team, So it's not like, um, you know, we'll talk about E.J. Liddell is a guy right now who fell. We thought would be a late first rounder and fell in second round. And we'll talk more about that here in a few minutes. But but you're exactly right. Now it's a chance for him to go out and see what, you know, show what he's made of.
2: Yeah. show, show off. Show it off, man. It's you say you say people say you don't fit the game. Well, here's what I can do. And I'm going to show you that, you know, thunderous dunks and rebounding is still important, even in this NBA (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, and there's there's quite a few teams out there that could use a backup center who's going to clean the glass. So, Kofi, go for it.
1: Yeah, and I, I think we'll be talking more about him a lot uh, this summer watching his career. We wish him the best. We'll keep it here. We hit the links up next with Nick Hardy, the Naperville native and Illini alum, making it big last week at the U.S. Open. He joins us next on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. <laughs>
3: Do you like what you hear? Let the passion of Illini Guys promote your business. The sponsors are signing up right now for the upcoming fall season and our ad space is limited. Shoot us an email at info at IlliniGuys.com and find out how easy it is to reach diehard sports fans in 30 key markets in six states. That's info at IlliniGuys.com.
5: Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org.
4: Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com.
1: Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athlete stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. right back here on the Illini guys sports spectacular Larry Smith, Brad story and Mike Higley and join on this newsmaker line presented by Busey bank by none other than Nick Hardy, the Illini alum who had the huge weekend last week at the U S open. And right now he is uh, competing in Harvard uh, as we speak. Hey, Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Hey, congratulations. Uh, last weekend, take us through the, the weekend and um, you look really comfortable out there and it, and it just seemed um, like everything just clicked for you at the right time.
6: Yeah, no doubt. I uh, feel like I've been playing some really good golf since I came back from my uh, wrist injury. And uh, there was definitely no doubt I was super comfortable out there. And um, I handled myself uh, very well. And I was definitely proud of that as a takeaway.
2: Nick, I have to ask, like, you see these things and you see you guys hit these shots and everybody's like, yeah, oh, what a great shot. You hit it close. How do, people don't understand how difficult that course is for the U.S. Open. I mean, for an average golfer, if you could shoot like 120, it'd be a great day. Right. I mean, this is that, that course is just just uh, so difficult.
6: Yeah, it really is. Um, the courses, you know, U.S. Open courses and venues are all very, very tough. And, uh, you know, but this one wasn't very tricked up. So it, it was very fair. Um, it was just brutal test, but very fair. So that's that's what I really enjoyed about this one. I thought the USGA did a great job in setting the course up and making it a really fair test and just
1: trying to identify the best players that given week. Talk a bit about kind of your experience. Um, since you were at Illinois, you mentioned the wrist injury and and kind of explain to people. Um, I, I think the average fan is like, well, I golf and he's just really good at it. But I mean, it, this, you've put a lot of work in and, and continued to do so.
6: Yeah, there's no doubt. It's been, uh, my whole career has been sort of a little mini evolution. I have just kept on getting a little better and a little better. And um, I've definitely worked really hard at it, especially in college and after college. Now I've been a pro for four years. So it's uh, it's definitely been a process to get to this point. And um, I'm hoping I just uh, keep on climbing.
2: Nick, just how the other thing, you know, talking about that process and getting, keeping climbing, I don't think people quite understand how difficult it is to even get on. You were on the corn ferry tour, had to earn your card to get on the PGA tour and just how difficult. Cause those guys in the Corn fairy tour are like really, really good guys. I, I watched you play last year um, up at the Glen club. And, and you were playing, I mean, there were guys who were big names. I think, you know, big name guys who, who had just you know come down off the PGA tour, guys who'd won you know championships on the PGA tour and now are on the corn ferry tour. Plus all the best college players coming out are going there. So how, what's that grind like for you when you're on that corn ferry tour and just trying to get over that hump?
6: Yeah. You know, professional golf in general is the deepest it's ever been. And it's just really hard in general to get any status anywhere. And I feel like, uh, even on the Corn Ferry Tour, it's tough to tough to get out there. So um, I'm definitely, um, you know, very proud of kind of like my edu- evolution and growth uh, as I've gone out of my, my career.
1: Talking with the I love Nick Hardy here and the Newsmaker Line presented by UC Bank. Nick coming off the 14th place tie at the at the U.S. Open in Brookline, Mass uh, last week. Um, Nick, you came through the Illini program, obviously, and and uh, we can only imagine the impact that that Mike Small had on you. Talk about just uh, what he's meant to you as a as a coach and a mentor, and and I'm sure as a friend. Yeah, I mean, Coach Small means the world to me. I,
6: I believe that with all my heart. He's the best college coach in the country, no doubt about it in my mind. And I'm just lucky to have played for him. Um, I feel like a lot of uh, po- fellow players that have come through the program, I, actually all of them, feel the same way I do. And uh, I think it's really special, just the culture he's created, not among his, you know, current players, crop of players, but just with the former players that have come through. I think, uh, you know, we're a family, and that's what's uh, what's, re- what's really cool about what Coach Small has built.
2: Nick, as is is you talk about the Illinois program, do you do you go back since they uh, do? You- how much do you get do you get a chance to talk to the current guys on the team and, and work with them at all or talk to them about the process that you've gone through and what they're dealing with and maybe even winning Big Ten titles, playing in the NCAA tournament, all those things you've done?
6: Yeah, you know, I actually had the chance to come back to uh, Champaign um, back in March and uh, hang out with the team for a few days. Uh, and I, I did that really in the in the winter. So I came back and practiced with them for a few days when they were indoors and just um, I, I definitely miss that part of it. I miss the aspect of being able to compete against um your buddies, your teammates, uh eight or ten guys that are all uh competing to be better, you know, see how good they can be. That's really what the what the goal is um for everyone that comes through Illinois. So um just being in that competitive environment, I miss the most. And I think it's uh definitely something I cherished when I was there.
1: One of the big stories come out of last weekend was was the record prize money uh that was received. So Um, two questions, uh, have, have, have you, have you, has your check been deposited yet and how giddy were you at the amount? (laughs) Um, I have not, uh, seen a check yet, but I, um,
6: I was, you know, I was trying to keep my mind off that all four days, obviously, but, uh, (laughs) you know, I, I, I was definitely, you know, you walk away from tournaments, um, especially on Sundays feeling like, oh man, like I could have done better. And that's exactly how I feel. I feel like I could have done better, no doubt about it. But um, just in general, I I try to, lately I've really focused on harping on the big picture of things and keeping my mindset in, okay, like let's look at the long view of my career. I think this week was really an investment in the long view of my career. And it was the first time that I had a chance to win a PGA Tour event, let alone a major. So um, no matter what I made that week and knowing that I could have done better, um, I'm hoping that I have many chances to do better than that in the future.
2: I've, it's obviously the paycheck's great. I, I always think like I, I stand over a a four foot putt putting for like a $5 wager. And, and I can't imagine when it's like a hundred thousand on the line or something <laughs> like that. It's like it's just insane. And I'm not very good at it. So, you know, it's just a, it is what it is. So, uh, Nick, I, I do have what's your schedule look like coming up? Uh, you know, obviously you're uh, you're playing this weekend. In Hartford, but then what do you have uh, planned for the rest of the summer?
6: Well, I'll be coming back to Illinois next week. I'll be playing in moline at the John Deere Classic, and then uh, the rest of the summer is a little up in the air. I mean, I'll be playing all the PGA Tour events, but um, most of them in the states. Uh, I'll definitely be doing the Barracuda Championship and um, the 3M and the uh, the event in Detroit. So I'll, you know, I'll be sticking with uh, whatever the schedule is for the PGA Tour for the summer and um, just finishing this year strong.
1: That's exciting. Nick, are you able to, to enjoy this experience? I mean, you work so hard to get here and, and as you mentioned, you know, the injury coming off that and coming back, do you, you know, and you, I know you guys, the schedule is nuts. People don't understand that you leave one place and it's right to the next and it's right back on the course. And it's, it's, it's constant work and it's a, it can be a grind. Have you had a chance to to step back and and kind of enjoy that? Hey, the fact that you're, you're living your dream. I mean, you're on the PGA tour and, and playing well. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a great
6: point. All those points you made. And I, to be honest, I really haven't. Um, I, I think I will once I uh, am able to have a week off and hopefully, you know, I, I'm kind of in the spot where I need to play right now and I need to keep earning my keep and earning my spot on the tour. So um, I, I haven't really, you know, sat back and enjoyed it yet, but I'm really hoping that I keep playing good golf and I'm able to do that soon. But, you know, I, I, you, you said it though, I'm living out my dream and I'm living out the the part of getting to play on the PGA Tour, and um, I think that's uh, you know the the work and all the the hard work that goes into it is just is just me enjoying it as well.
2: Nick, the, the other my last question for you, I got one question. Like everybody, everybody on tour can hit the ball a mile. Like I mean, you know, some guys might hit a little farther than others, but all of you guys just hit the ball. So far, everybody has the physical tools. You're all good ball strikers everything is the mental game. Probably the biggest difference that separates the the great from maybe the, the next level or guys that win versus the guys that, you know, don't win. Is that, that really it?
6: Absolutely. I mean, especially now you're seeing in professional golf, how deep um, the game is physically wise. Um, But that's exactly what separates is the mental game. No doubt about it. I mean, I think a lot of the players I was playing against on Sunday um, all had you know incredible ability, but it's how you manage the emotions, how you manage your thoughts, um, and just how you manage yourself, and how you can maximize your ability while knowing your um, sort of weaknesses and faults, and uh, just managing around that. That it, it's just I would say mostly it's mental.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and I, I think we hear that from a lot of guys who achieve the pro level of, of their sport that everyone's talents, the same it's, it's in a mental game and, and how you handle it. Um, kind of one final question. If, if, if you don't mind, there's a bit of big story, obviously with, with uh, LIV golf and this week, Brooks uh, Kepka the big story. Um, what are you hearing on the PGA tour about this and, and how has it affected? Do you think the game and, and the guys who are on tour? Yeah, you know, it
6: definitely is a big, big topic in the media right now. Um, I think it is having an effect on the tour. Um, nobody there's a lot of unknowns out here. I think a lot of people um are just sort of you know starting out and just seeing, oh wow, this is this is really happening. It's kind of splintering the game. And um I think there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of people don't know how it's gonna play out. But um I'm confident that the PGA tour will um will prevail in a way and will uh will keep on um doing well in in the in the golf world. I think uh, it's a very sustainable business, and a very, um, very. They do a very good job in running events and all in all that they do, and giving back to charities and um, and whatnot. So um, where I play is where I'm happy, and I think uh, I think I trust the PGA Tour.
1: And that's that's a point I think also that people don't understand is the, the charitable side of of every single stop of the PGA Tour, there's a charity that benefits. From that, so aside from the TV cameras and and the fist pumps and the great shots and the emotions, and then the check at the end for the players, there's that check to the charities as well. Nick, we are uh, we are proud of you. We're so excited uh, for you and love watching uh, your career and and the other guys who are there as well last week and the other I Keep up the great work and hopefully uh, you get a chance later on when things slow down to come back and and talk to us about how the year went. Awesome, thank you guys. Thank you for
6: having me on. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, we appreciate you, Nick. Uh, Nick Hardy here again, the uh, Illini alum, a great golf career at Illinois, and now he is living his dream as a member of the PGA Tour coming off the big weekend, last week of the U.S. Open, and right now, as he mentioned, playing this weekend in Hartford. and You'll see him at every stop here uh, throughout the summer as he continues on to the PGA Tour. Uh, just 26 years old. What an incredible future he still has. Nick Hardy, happy to have him here on this segment presented by Busey Bank. Stay with us. Quick timeout, and much more to continue here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular, all along the Illini Guys Radio Network.
7: At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini.
1: Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn-out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions, 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. <laughs>
8: This is David Williams, a leading receiver from the University of Illinois, here on Illini Guy on Sports Spectacular.
1: Go Illini. The Sports Spectacular continues on. Hard to believe that we are almost to July 1, like next week when we're on. It'll be July. It's just crazy. Uh, speaking of, June 30th is a day that we talked last week. You need to mark on your calendar. Uh, that is the uh, Capital Countdown campaign with the uh, – uh, department of Intercollegiate Athletics, the athletic department. It's their their final day of fundraising for this fiscal year. It's really important because uh, all the funds that go in, there's there's some matching components that go in. Even if you like only give $10, that's okay. There's one, one initiative that the 25 gifts of no matter how much, they're going to be matched uh, by donors for a larger amount. So all the details on ifund.com, make sure you go there. And to help out Illinois athletics sports spectacular here, Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad sturdy talking NBA draft. Now, Thursday night, um, some surprises at the top, I guess a little bit of a surprise because all during the day, um, all the pundits said, Jabari Smith going number one to Orlando and then poof, A bit of a change it was entertaining for the most part at least in the um uh in the first round
2: yeah i thought that you know a lot of people had thought jabari smith for a long time was going to be the number one pick uh uh, in the last couple days it seems like uh, paulo bancaro had kind of things that shifted where he was going to be you know he was definitely in consideration there i I think they're both you know they're they're different players but they're both that same mold they're 6'10 they can Stretch the floor. They can, uh, they've got the uh, ability to be long, defend. They can play multiple positions, whether it's three, four, five. So they're, they're very, they're both very dynamic guys. I I think Smith's probably a little bit better shooter, but Carroll's a little more physical and the ability to, you know, use his body and get to the rim. Um, You know, I don't know if he has the athleticism of a Giannis, but uh, that's, that's kind of the mold that people are trying to copy now.
3: Yeah. I think uh, as if I were a GM, I would have tried to stay away from. Chet, just because that body type just scares me. He's a little bit uh, uh, un- unpredictable in terms of injuries. And the other thing that I found very interesting is I, I found it hard to believe that there, were, uh, there was no way EJ Liddell did not go in the first round, particularly seeing that while Draymond Green didn't have a very uh, uh, great series, he's been a key to multiple titles for the golden state warriors. And I think EJ, you know, is, is in that mold, except he's not crazy.
1: Well, I think you're exactly right. EJ Liddell falling all the way, all the way down to, to number 41 the 41st overall pick uh, going to the Pelicans with Zion Williamson and his constant injuries. There's no reason EJ can't come in and play that, play his position and play it better and be more productive. And I'm not, I'm not being a stretch because he's an Illinois guy, an Illinois native out of Belleville. I mean, I really believe that.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, EJ's a really good player. And it's funny. And Mike mentioned it earlier. EJ fits today's NBA. So EJ yeah. Liddell fits what they play in the NBA. He's six seven, 6'7". Low but he can put the ball on the floor. He can deck it. He can pass it. He can space the floor. And, and he also brings you the ability to rebound. And he can also block shots. He's a very good shot blocker for six, seven. Excellent leaper. So, I think that you get in EJ Liddell a lot of things. Maybe he becomes a, you know, the undersized five or even an undersized four in the NBA. He can play there and he can be really productive. And that's why I actually wanted the Bulls to take him at eighteen. But hey, you know what do I know? They actually, I will say the Bulls. Uh, sh- shout out to the Bulls because I thought there. I-, I wasn't a huge Dalen- fan of the Dalen Terry pick. But I was very, very happy that they signed Justin Lewis out of Marquette because I think he was a guy who had a lot of people had in the second round, and they got a pretty good value by getting him as a as a uh, signing him, you know, after the draft. And I think that he he's going to I think he'll make the roster, and he may even play.
3: Yeah, and there there was a I was also happy to see you know the Big Ten overall I think you know had three players in the top ten. that, that, that bodes well for the conference. And then you take a look at the last two years, Michigan's had several players drafted. Uh, Illinois' had one, which, um, which makes it all the more impressive that uh, Jawan Howard has been unable to beat uh, Brad Underwood head to head a single time. So uh, even with, uh, but, but it'll be a little scary because when you look at who Underwood is bringing into the team this year, uh, next year's draft could have an Illini flavor to it.
1: Yeah, to your point, a couple of Michigan guys going second round. Again, they thought they might go higher. Caleb Houston, 32nd overall, going to Orlando. Uh, Diabate going to the Clippers at 43. Uh, Max Christie, Michigan State, to the Lakers at pick number 35. And uh, Bryce McGowan, somebody too, again, we didn't get to see a lot of because uh, he had some injury issues, but he's such a great talent. in Nebraska freshman phenom going 40th. Uh, overall as uh, McGowan's was taken. You mentioned those top three uh, Keegan Murray of Iowa to Sacramento at four Detroit, taking Jaden Ivy at five, Johnny Davis uh, going to the wizards at, at 10. And again, Malachi Branham to the Spurs at number 20. How about Jaden Ivy and and his uh, the emotions of that? First off, his mom, maybe the most beautiful NBA mom ever. I mean, she, she put Steph Curry's mom to, to, uh, to, to shame. My, my goodness. They're just a beautiful family, gorgeous family. But his story, fantastic, and um, you know what a what a great story just to see them. And and I I thought, you know, we were critical, of course, watching ESPN's uh, coverage left a lot lacking. But I thought telling their story was one of the highlights of the night.
2: Yeah, of all the things I saw, that was probably the best thing that I saw in the draft. There were a lot of pauses, a lot of people that didn't know what they were talking about, and um, it, but that was a good scene. I, you know, Ivy is uh, interesting that he came out. You know, he ended up ends up going. You know, to Detroit, they're going fifth, but he didn't want to go to Sacramento. So they, you know, he basically came out and said, "I'm not going to Sacramento." So um, I made, made a trade that night. So that was interesting. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a great story. But uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how these guys all play out. Now, you know, there aren't even Von Carroll. I don't look at any of these guys in this draft as being like, I know this guy is going to be an all star like right away and an immediate impact stud you know, type guy. And, you know, there's no like, you know, back when like uh, Shaquille O'Neal would come the leave or even Kevin Durant, somebody like that. But, you know, so we'll see. It'd be interesting to see who, who, which guys stand up. I think Ivy could be one of those guys who really makes an instant impact.
3: Yeah. And one cannot blame him for uh, wanting to avoid Sacramento. I mean, that place has been a disaster, maybe not of New York Knicks proportion, but they're certainly trying to follow in their footsteps. And of course, anytime we talk about player moms, it makes me wish that Ked wasn't on his horse, still making his way to the Illini Guys studios, because Lord knows he'd have something to say about that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Quick timeout here,
1: and then our latest discussion on name, image, and likeness. Our next guest breaks it down, and we ask him, What defines student athletes anyway? That's next on the Illini Guys Sports (laughs) Spectacular. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business, whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn-out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions, 224 880-6000 mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. once again 224-880-6000 HX home solutions if you are a member of IlliniGuys.com much of what you hear on this show really isn't news Alana guys members are the most plugged in fans Our insiders just do a tremendous job of keeping everyone in the know. Kedrick Prince coming up next hour to talk recruiting. Matt Stevens will give his analysis on how these latest football commits fit into Brett Bielema's scheme. Free seven-day trial. Check it out at IlliniGuys.com. Our Game Changer Line presented by OSF Healthcare. We've spent a lot of time in this space talking about NIL, name, image, and likeness, and we will continue to do so. Joining us now, Doug Eldridge. He's a lawyer, sports agent, founder of the DLE agency and founder of the Achilles public relations firm as well Uh, he's a smart guy in other words and he's also one of the leading authorities on sports business he joins us now here in the sports spectacular Doug welcome to the show hey it's a pleasure to be here guys thank you for having me absolutely I want to start with um, your thoughts on how NIL has changed the game in your perspective now that we're coming up on its first birthday next week yeah, you know, in, in many ways, this last year within the context of NIL has, has kind of passed in
9: dog years. It has gone so fast and so much ground has, being, has been covered that it's almost hard to judge it on the typical 12-month cycle. In that, in that sense, I can remember very well when this broke on the Supreme Court, uh, you know, basically a year ago, uh, basically saying that the construct as it was presented for the NCAA to disallow compensation for academic connected uh, pursuits was antithetical to, to, the, to the notion of basic economics. And, and it wasn't the majority of opinion that, that I thought was so telling, but rather one of the accompanying opinions that was just scathing, that, that basically said the, the, the posture of the NCAA to claim that one of the core tenets or, or one of the tent poles of its business model was to not pay the premier talent in this industry And to have to compensate them in any form or posture would undercut the very nature of their business. You know, I believe it was Kavanaugh that that issued this this accompanying opinion. And it was he absolutely took a weed whacker to the NCAA, just left them in shreds. And and in so many ways, you know, I I feel like the national posture on this issue has radically changed in the last 10 years. And I'm not one to sit back here and and throw rocks at NCAA. I've I've had a, a great working relationship. I ran... 40-meter hurdles for the first part of college, it became painfully obvious I would not be running in the 2000 Olympics. So I (laughs) had the old spikes. But then afterwards, you know, after undergrad and law school and after I left, uh, you know, the government and hung out my own shingle, I, I was able to develop a working relationship with the NCAA specific to how to better regulate agents so that talented athletes wouldn't compromise their eligibility because of the actions of, you know, sometimes unscrupulous agents. So in the interest of full disclosure and context, I've always had a good relationship with the NCAA. Now, that being said, that certainly doesn't mean that I've always agreed with their position or posture, and I'm not alone in that regard. I have seen over the last 10 years, because I've been working in the sports space for, this marks 15 years, if you can believe it. And I've seen the national pulse on this issue change a complete 180, not just in the last 15, but more specifically in the last 10, and the dials have really been cranked up. In the last five. And I think that decision a year ago is really emblematic of the national sentiment. On all these other issues, you know, many of which are, are expected to be announced here in the, you know, from the court this week or next, that the nation is truly divided on, this issue, specific to collegiate or amateur athletes, was something that at a point in our country's history where few people can agree on anything, most people agreed that it was time to allow these guys and gals to be compensated in some form or fashion. Now, how that ultimately gets decided and chopped up, you know, that that we get into some some thick grass there. But the, the notion of depriving them of any compensation whatsoever and going so far as to punitively punish them for receiving any types of, of pennies in the crosswalk for their for their services really started to rub the, the the national conscience the wrong way. So long answer to a short question, but it's also kind of indicative of how complicated and and how how long this was coming. This snowball has been rolling down the mountain for a long time.
2: Yeah, I always, you know, I go back to a story one time where they had to, the only basketball team um, evidently got, they paid too much for their meals. I mean, this is 15 years ago. And so they had to pay back their, uh, like everybody had to pay like $6 back because they had used too much money for their meals. That's insane, right? I mean, you know, those are the kind of things that, the NCAA was enforcing that really didn't make sense. And so as you look at this, now you have this opportunity. I guess my question is, the, the genie is obviously not going back in the bottle. It is what it is, right? I mean, you're going to have NIL forever. Do you see, an maybe it's kind of gotten, I, I guess the past year, nobody knew what to expect. Nobody knew what it was going to look like. Are we starting to see a, a, a model for NIL and how it's going to work going forward? Well, First of all, to go back to your example from,
9: from the Illinois uh, basketball team, I'll keep it in the big 10. You guys will well remember in my opinion. Well, first of all, the, the most marketable, you know, had it been a different generation athlete by today's standards would have been Bo Jackson. Can you imagine? I mean, they invented the cross training shoe. Nike invented the cross training shoe around Bo Jackson because, because he professionally could, he preceded Dion in that regard. Bo Jackson, I think is the, the, Bo Jackson or Jim Thorpe arguably are the best American athletes of all time. Bo Jackson won the decathlon in the state of Alabama, skipping two events. He was that dominant (laughs) in the other eight events that he skipped two events and and still won. Um, But anyway, in the context of sports marketability, to me, the, the second place story would be the Michigan Fab Five, the five true freshmen that went to the NCAA final against Duke and then the following year again against UNLV. And there's been a lot of of you know follow-up about the fallout you know and, and how they fell into disfavor in the following years with the university etc and, and there's a fantastic 30 for 30 on the fab five and jalen rose in that and this is coming back to your point jalen rose said i remember going into the michigan bookstore now gosh guys this was 30 years ago now and he said my, i could see my jersey with my number number five and my name on the back for a hundred dollars so time value of money that's what 150 175 now he said, yeah. I would see my jersey hanging in the bookstore for $100. He said, I didn't have $5 in my pocket for a Big Mac. And I sure as hell couldn't spend $100 on a jersey with my name on it. And I didn't see a penny from that. So, you know, in so many ways, whether it's the, 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 the Illinois team, you know, having to, having to pay back a buck sixty-eight per meal because it was over the allotment or, or you know, guys like uh, the Fab Five at Michigan saying, you know, the, the, the money machine just back up the Brinks truck. That's really been indicative of the NCAA model. And I'm going to come back to your question, but you have to remember just as a preface and context, the term college athlete, or excuse me, student athlete is a made up term. Hmm. It's like, it's like Haagen-Dazs. Haagen-Dazs doesn't mean anything in any language. It was a marketing term to create the appearance of this upscale, hard to find European quality ice cream to justify the markup. It was Haagen-Dazs was brilliant marketing Mm -hmm. and the NCAA. It goes back decades and decades ago. There was a college football player who died uh, because of causes related to a football game and his widow, because they would get married in college back then his widow tried to sue the NCAA for employment related benefits. Mm-hmm. And the NCAA realized, holy crap, if we're on the hook for any time a college athlete in any sport gets hooked as it, or hurt rather, because they're treated as an employee of that college or the broader NCAA, then we could have some serious liability moving forward. And so they tried to disqualify them from the employer-employee construct by defining them as amateurs. But you couldn't just say amateur. So they created the term student athlete, full time student, part time athlete, thereby underscoring their amateurism. And so that really got into the into the national parlance. And so all the way down to the elementary school level, this is Johnny, my t-ball player. He's a student athlete. Right. And so that became part of our vernacular. But it was actually created by the PR and legal team for the NCAA you know, decades and decades and decades ago. So how that, you know, how that daisy chains back to today and, and the genie being out of the bottle and whether or not we're starting to see the, the wet cement slowly harden in terms of form and, and function moving forward. You know, I think it's gonna be, I think there's gonna be a market sort. I think there's going to be a realignment. And I think a lot of the components that you see right now, and I'll be more specific in a second. I think a lot of the components that you see right now are going to be eliminated. And then it's going to be a realignment of what's left. So it's almost a process of elimination. If you got five things, cut out three, and now let's look at the two that are remaining. Because you know, I I think I think you saw a little bit of a needle spike what a month ago uh, in in the drum up to SEC media when you when you had uh, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban and and some some grenades that were lobbed back and forth there. Um, and I mean, you guys know that there's always been agents are the first to be vilified, but at the collegiate level, you know, they're, they're long preceded by the boosters. And, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but, you know, that has been, um, that has been the business model for, for however long. It is what it is. There are some things that are hard to regulate, some things that are easy. The problem, and, and you can even take it out of the sports context, like if you depose a, a, a you know, a brutal regime in another country and don't replace it with something else, then, then that vacuum, something will fill that vacuum, right? In the absence of structure and order something, and sometimes even worse will fill it, who knows? And I'm not drawing a direct parallel or trying to make a subversive political point. I'm saying just taking it out of the sports context. Well, so too is the same. Everybody knew that the NCAA construct, that the hierarchy, I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't really be an org chart in the, in the pyramid sense. It was really just a phone poll that was the NCAA and everybody else was at the bottom. It was pretty binary. They knew it was imbalanced, but nobody had a clear system, you know, to replace it. If we're going to depose this system, here's what we're going to put in place in the interim. Instead, it essentially became, for lack of a better word, the wild, wild west. Anything goes, so long as it's not maybe a short list of things like uh, tobacco products or maybe CBD products, because that might go, you know, antithetical to the drug testing protocol or you know, if we're a Coca-Cola school, maybe you can't do Pepsi. But there was essentially a very, very narrow no-fly list, mm-hmm. right? And and the, the way it was, you know, simply explained at the time, at least in the sports business realm, was these guys aren't being paid to be just stay with football for a minute. They're not being paid to be a football player. They're being paid for their marketability off of the field, right? Because people were, people had the the, the misunderstanding that oh, no, well now college players are getting paid. The reality is. A small, 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 small fraction of players are actually, uh, well, everybody's eligible, but marketable, are actually interesting, are actually needle movers, can actually improve a business. I mean, there's a, my dad used to say, you know, there's a difference in a, in a gift and an investment. In an investment, you you tend to see some form of return on that. A gift is that $12 check your grandmother sends you, you know, every birthday. You know, that's that's a gift. That's a write-off. But in an investment, you want to see something back on it. And there's only a, a narrow sliver of the proverbial pie chart when it comes to collegiate athletes that can move that needle as it relates to a viable investment for a local business. Now, you're also seeing it at different scales, right? Like the USC or the Oklahoma or the Miami kids, or as it is alleged by Coach Saban, you know, even down to A&M, when you, have, when you have a booster base that is hungry to see success and they have their own businesses, And I'm able to run it through the gristmill and get it all ground up. And this is my consulting firm, you know, just like back with Tiger, you know, our core values are fortitude, vision, and discipline. And I think our, our star, you know, left tackle embodies all of those things for all the injuries that he's gone through. And so we want to pay him $50,000 over the course of the next 18 months for scheduled social media posts, you know, one speech at our, at our annual conference and some signed, whatever. Well, if that's actually run through the process and it doesn't violate anything you can claim that it's not right but that doesn't mean it's wrong and so now what you start to see guys is the booster play an even larger role than it ever did right how deep is your alumni base how you know how diverse are their industries and their companies how aggressively are they willing to support it because we're dealing in macro terms as it relates to enforcement. There are very few things that superficially you would say, eh, violation, right? Now, this is great for the college athlete. This is fantastic because they're getting an an, an amplitude of opportunity. But I do think you're going to start to hear more and more universities speak up and say, hey, we're at a competitive disadvantage, irrespective of whether any athletes or boosters, but sticking to athletes are breaking any rules. And I think eventually you'll find enforcement. Now, the NCAA would love for that to come from Congress on a national level. But you have half of Congress that say, heck no, you know, we are conservative, we're Federalist, this is not something that should be regulated nationally, each state should choose its own rules for this. Well, then it really becomes an issue, right? Because now you have kids not just shopping, which football program produces more pro prospects, But which state are these schools located in and what is the state specific regulation on this? So it's, you know, it's layers of the onion, not to give you an indirect answer, but I I don't think that we're close to seeing a final form yet. I think what we'll start to see are certain pieces fall off. And that's why I said it's almost, you know, a process of elimination. I think another year from now, we'll take a look at what is left. And, you know, by virtue of attrition and, and, and evolution, you know, whatever's left will, will, will form kind of the tent poles of the new model moving forward. But I tell you who's, who's, who's really going to be a passive voice is the NCAA because they've lost their teeth. You know, they're never going to get a seat back in the captain's chair, at least not in the context of
2: the, you know, in the form and fashion that they used to have. Yeah. I would, I would totally agree with that. I, the one that I do have a question about, uh, you know, we, we, you mentioned the Texas A&M thing with Jimbo Fisher. I, I think recruiting has changed a lot, especially at the high major level because everything appears to now be transactional almost. And I talked to college coaches this past weekend and, that was kind of the word that kept coming up. It's transactional. Instead of being like building a relationship, getting to know this person, it becomes almost a it, recruiting is just different. It's not about the visit to campus. It's not about this. It's about, you know, what's the transaction about what's the NIL possibilities and so forth. It does that make it um, does that change the playing field a little bit or, or change things there? Uh, it very much does. But I, I know I, D-
9: Digging dig in right on the point that you made, I-, I think over the last 10 years, and you can go farther, but just keep it at the last 10, you've seen kind of a three, three-stage progression. 10 years ago, the big flex by universities was showing their stadium, and this is how luxurious it is, right? And then that gradually progressed to look at our locker rooms. We have pro-caliber locker rooms, all the amenities you could want. Right. And then that the natural pivot or or tweak from there was we're now a Jordan school or we're a Nike school or we're <laughs> one or two of the, you know, so you have the new, you know, Yeezy boosts, you know, or you're knocking around shoes if we're an Adidas school or, you know, Jordan's going to come or Tom Brady's going to come and, you know, at halftime of this game and speak to you in the offseason, et cetera. Right. And so you went from stadium to locker room to essentially swag. Remember, these are our 17 and 18 year old kids. And I don't say that condescendingly, that's just chronological. And so, the amount of Jordan that they can, you know, items that they can leave, you know, university for a, uh, an official visit in a duffel bag, is currency. And now, to your point, that it has now gone to the to the level of okay, nils in business product is great, but everybody on the roster gets that. What am I getting? And that 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 jingles or folds. You know, what what's what's in it for me? And what can you guarantee? It's not just oh well, we have a diverse you know, booster base or you know, we're we're located in a major market where there are a lot of corporations and businesses that are that are likely or at least somewhat inclined to support you from a from a sponsorship or endorsement standpoint. Now it's specifically what has your athletic department done by virtue of your NIL clearinghouse to connect me with would be boosters or area businesses. It's not just what am I capable of, it's what are you going to connect me with? What what legwork are you going to do? And so it is changing. It's changing the athletic department. It's changing the SID's role. It's also creating a whole nother level of compliance, but it's arguably self-enforced compliance at this point, right? You don't have the, if you guys remember the blind side, the old Michael Orr story, you don't have the NCAA coming on campus, you know, like, like Inspector Clouseau looking for wrongdoing like back in the day. It's, you know, and when you're left to self-reporting, and guys, remember, when we talk about the NCAA, and again, this whole conversation is predicated on the business of sport, not the box score, uh, but the balance sheet. You know, the NCAA does basically a billion dollars just on March Madness. Right. Just on the, the you know, what, three-week, Larry? Three-week uh, long uh, basketball tournament in March and April. Yeah. You know, and that's that's not including because obviously the two revenue sports are, are basketball and football across across the collegiate landscape. That doesn't include the football season or the bowls or anything else in college. Yeah, you're exactly right. So it's so it, we're talking about a, a billion dollar endeavor you're talking about. And I mean, you guys can fact check me on this, but, you know, a stadium expansion, which I think was a decade plus ago, that was, what, 200, 300 million dollars to expand the stadium. And primarily, it's not like they double the capacity, like luxury boxes and and you know, amenity updates and stuff like that, we're, we're talking about zeros and commas. So again, if this comes back to the notion of self-reporting, right, it, it's, it, it, it defaults to human nature, yeah. right? Like it, 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 that's not vilifying or, or being negative. It's just like, if, if this is a, at worst, a, a hundred million dollar endeavor that we're talking about for, for our, our university and it hinges on me self-reporting a gray area you know, quote unquote misdemeanor violation in in the, in the collegiate sports construct. I don't know. I don't know if that's, there, there's a real carrot there to, to do that, especially if we're looking at a largely toothless NCAA moving forward.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you're right. As you said earlier, they have, uh, have lost that power. Uh, Doug Eldridge, you can follow him on Twitter at dleagency and at Achilles underscore PR. Um, he is, uh, does a lot of things, as you said, a lawyer, uh, public relations and, and a good friend of the show here, a lot of uh, information in sports business. Good, Doug, good to talk with you and uh, definitely come back and talk to us again. Guys, it's my pleasure. I, I love what you're doing. And this is a topic
9: that is really going to evolve, you know, because we're, we're seeing now the College World Series, a lot of these guys, now coaches are waiting in. You're seeing Sabin and Dion, although maybe not in the future, uh, <laughs> appearing in insurance commercials together. But but But, you know, personnel at virtually every level are getting into this game uh and so i think this is going to be a topic that that we'll
1: definitely revisit but i'd love to come back anytime thank you for having me and like i said a huge fan of the show awesome doug appreciate that doug eldridge of achilles public relations also the dle agency uh glad you're here with us this segment presented by osf healthcare our number one is in the books stay with us we talk a football up next and still on the way adelia mckenzie we find out if she's still wearing deodorant to practice be, be nice. It's a, she's she's like our daughter, right, Brad? It's, it's okay. That's correct. Yeah, the gal. That's right. She's the I gal. Much love to Adelia. This is the Sports Spectacular all along the Aladdi guys radio network.
5: Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go. Grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are wherever you're going whatever your mission is we're here to support it because that's our mission your life our mission learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way
0: you're listening to the sports spectacular powered by alinaiguys.com on the AlignEyeGuys Guys radio network now let's get back to the studio
1: Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, Patrick Quinn is working audio for us. It's the sports spectacular powered by IlliniGuys.com. It has been a big, big week for Brett Bielema and the Illinois Fighting Illini football team. Let's get right to it. Matt Stevens, football writer and analyst for IlliniGuys.com. Matt, let's talk about this week. I want to start with 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 people going to say, you know, Adam Sandler, who cares about the kicker. Um, I know just a kicker. But David Alano, five-star kid, the kicker, uh, committing to Illinois. And, yeah, I know. He's just a kicker. I get it. But he's a really good kicker, and he's a kid that Bielema convinced to stay home. I I think that's big. Kickers and punters are
10: people too, Larry Smith. They are. And and this is a big one um, because kickers and recruiting are not really paid attention to until there's a Saturday afternoon or evening where you need a big kick made to win a a winner or tie a game. And then they're probably the most important part of your recruiting class. Uh, David is... First of all, he's an awesome kid, Naperville North kid. Again, Bielema going to the home state and making sure he stays home, which is exactly what he wanted to do. Um, He and his family um, wanted to stay local and they got him, you know, interested in Illinois early. They got him to the campus on unofficial visits as much as they could. Um, And then when he came to camp this past, this past week, for the specialist camp, made seven out of eight and did everything that you would think a top-rated kicker in the country would do. His kickoffs all went to the goal line, um, you know, and and he's sitting there being watched honestly by Caleb Griffin, who will probably be the starting kicker in the 2022 season. And it's it's a, it's no different than any other position on the field. You know, players know who good players are, and Caleb knows that David is very very talented, has a very very a lot of leg talent, and. I think he can be a very, very solid addition to this Brett Bielema recruiting class. And I think that he could potentially win the kicker job as a true freshman. I think he's that solid. He made seven out of eight field goals, guys, and, and two of them were from 50, you know, and and so wow. he's, he's already, he's already, and he's only been kicking footballs for almost the better part of two years because he he left soccer to try this out and it's worked out great for him.
3: So also, uh, you know, there it's kind of on a real roll here. The uh, Fighting Illini football program has a bandwagon of commits. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you tell us? You know, Mason Moragan kid is a, another win, and we're pulling you know guys out from uh, Michigan now. That that's got to be a new thing.
10: Yeah, the footprint's getting bigger. Uh, I, I would think Michigan, and the, quite frankly, the Detroit area is something that Brett Bealum or Brett we were his staff want to eat because they've decided the Midwest region is how they're going to look at things unless you play defensive back and then you need to be from Florida, apparently. Um, but, but, but Mason's a really good player. Um, and, and, and I would, I would say that he's going to need some development in terms of, you know, you know, learning how to play at the power five, big 10 level. And 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 he's going to get that opportunity to learn at an outside linebacker, maybe even a DNS position. I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where they put him because you would think from a body type standpoint right now, he would work with Kevin Kane's group, but I think that he's going to work with Jamo's group because he was primarily involved in his recruiting and they might try to blow him up and become you know, a, a depth piece early on in his career at defensive end in this three, four scheme. So somebody that's gone to multiple camps has, has shined. And, and and when he's gone to those camps and shined, it's basically because he's outworked everybody else at the camp. He's not athletically more gifted than everybody else. And he's not an unbelievable athlete at his position, but um, the work ethic and the motor play, and he can, he can definitely help, you know, a big 10 program, I think as an upperclassman and be a just fine member of this 2023 recruiting class.
4: I have a question about quarterback sure leary
10: leary you wrote an article about
4: donovan leary getting that uh pro
10: help mm-hmm. what's the plan there the plan is to potentially get him you know i guess full i asked barry loney jr this uh, earlier this week in, when in his beanie availability the plan is just get him up to speed on how they want to practice what kind of tempo they want to run and then they'll get him induced into the playbook but the development is the plan is there. For, the same as his older brother has had at NC state and to get him ready to go as maybe a sophomore or a junior. And, um, you know, I talked to Lamar McKnight who's based out of New Jersey and works out with a whole bunch of those, you know, type of type of quarterbacks. And he's, he's a kid that has said he's used the three letters NFL for Donovan, just like his older older brother is a projected first round pick in this upcoming draft.
2: Matt earlier, you mentioned defensive backs from Florida. Mm -hmm. Of course, we've, we've got Jaheen Clark, right? And is he the last one or tell me about him and maybe is, are there more?
10: I don't think so. I think that they could take a couple of more kids out of Florida that they're either have brought or, or will be bringing this weekend um, um, for official visits. Uh, Aaron Henry and Ryan Walters have done a great job of, of injecting more Florida talent that quite frankly, Lovie Smith's staff actually did a pretty good job with before they left town. But Aaron Henry, being a Florida native himself, having been recruited to Wisconsin out of, out of Florida, has a lot of connections down there and has done a great job of getting those kids initiated back into the Illinois program. Jaheim Clark, I think, is a, is a safety prospect that I think can play and play, I don't know as a true freshman, but play right away at his career and make a difference. I think he athletically has the, the ability to to make those kind of transitions. And I think it it always is easier. I talked to Quan Martin about this earlier this week. It's easier for the safeties to be an integral part of the defense because their position coach is the coordinator, Ryan Walters. And so I think he's going to get the the, the treatment and the and and the development that he needs to be an integral part of this this three, four scheme and what Ryan Walters and, and Aaron Henry want to do with that, with, with that group.
1: Matt got about a minute left here in the, in the segment. I want to just get your thoughts. Um, we're coming in to the end of June. Um, the football staff, are they where they hoped they would be at this point in the summer uh, overall with, with everything
10: development, recruiting, the, the everything. Yeah, I think they've done a really good job in terms of recruiting. I, I guys, I think they're going to be, it's going to be like a 14, 15 member class and they're already at 11. So I think they're going to be picky. And I I can tell you right now, this staff is already starting to work on 24 kids and 25 kids. You've seen the offers already being made out to that. So they're they're already starting to work ahead of time to get themselves, because they know this is going to be a smaller class in terms of development. What I'll tell you is that the NCAA made a great rule that Brett Bielema loved, believe it or not. And that's, these coaches get 30 minutes, I think, per uh, per week with these guys on the grass fields in terms of position groups, and, and, and it's going to make a difference. This team's going to be a lot more prepared for an August 27th game because of the individual work that they're being able to do with their position coach and not just their their training staff over the summer. And I think that's that's where their head is at right now.
1: You guys want a crazy thought? August 27th, two months away? I mean, really? <laughs> It's insane to think that football is, is that close. Hey, Matt Stevens, uh, always good to talk to you. We'll, we'll talk with you next week. Guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one. All right. Enjoy the golf game. I know that Matt's going to get some golf this weekend. You know, it's, I mean, we're just jealous. Cause, cause, cause we're probably not Matt Stevens football writer and analyst for a Be sure to check out his stuff. And it's, Patrick mentioned a really good piece on Donovan Leary and, and the work that he's put in here in this off season uh, to get ready for his Illini career. Kendrick Prince just coming into the studio, the recruiting roundup is up next. We'll see what he's wrestled up for us
0: after this. You're tuned in to the sports spectacular on the Illini guys radio network.
2: Have a business you'd like to promote right here to advertise on the sports spectacular, reach out at info at Illini And use the passion of the Alina Guys to reach your audience. That's info at alinaguys.com.
7: At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships. Build community. And build your career at BC Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini.
1: Well, time now for Ked's Recruiting Roundup. Kedrick Prince, Director of Recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. Joining us now here on the Sports Spectacular. Ked, I'm going to avoid all the talk of horses and lassos and whatever. and get right into it. Um, it was the shootout. Okay, maybe not. Riverside Brookfield shootout last weekend. I know you and and Brad were up there. Um, Tell us how the weekend went. A lot of great prospects up there.
8: It, it was great. You know what? When I first walked into the gym, you know, i had seen other tournaments, but it just reminded me of what it was like before COVID. I know the coaches really wanted to get out there to see the kids and you can watch all the videos on TV and on your phone or tablet, whatever. But it was just great being in the gym and, you know, watching the kids play and coaches finding gyms and, you know, meaning, you know, players that, you know, no, no one knew a lot about. That Part was great just seeing all the coaches there, and it was actually great just to, to watch Illinois uh, head coach Brad Underwood and Tim Anderson and, and what they were looking for. It was just a really good weekend to have, and a lot of kids were really well. You they knew the scouts were there. And um, the thing that impressed me probably more than anything, I didn't see a lot of selfish play. Part of that probably was because they're playing for their high school teams, but I was really encouraged by that.
3: Okay. Uh, Larry didn't say anything about you with horses or anything. I think a big part of that was due to the fact that you were riding in side saddle, but we're not going to talk about that at all. (laughs) Um, And that's a great mental picture, by the way, folks. Um, So, Ken, Illinois came into this tournament last weekend, and and there were some players that they probably were not that excited about. They they were curious. Who did they come out of that tournament going – that guy is somebody we need to pay attention to.
8: Well, they were looking at a lot, a lot of kids. A lot of kids, they have offers. You know, uh, Terrence Smith was a kid who not have an offer. He visited. Um, you know, uh, there was just a lot of kids that were there. But the kid that a lot of people will kind of remember this name is Jeremiah Fierce. And only offered this kid as an eighth grader, but I don't, they kind of backed off a little bit because he was young and I think it was a courtesy offer. But going into it, they watched him play several games, and I have to be honest with you, he probably impressed me, you know, just because how he's a freshman, but he played against a team, I believe, from St. Louis, and that was a game I think that Coach Underwood really thought, hey, okay, this kid's for real. Totally different player than his brother, Jeremy Fierce. This kid can shoot it and shoot it extremely deep. Uh, he has a flair to his game, and he likes Illinois. I, I'm not going to – Kid people. I mean, I know his brother liked Illinois, but this is a little different. I think this kid, you know, kind of stands out. I know Coach Underwood mentioned the fact that he likes his toughness and he's not cocky, but the kid is extremely talented. And I think they watched him play at least three or four times last weekend. So they're definitely interested in the guy like Fears. And if he can get grow a little bit strong, you know, grow a little bit and get a little bit stronger, I think you're going to hear his name pop up a lot more in the coming uh,
4: weeks and months. So you're saying there's a chance with <laughs> this <laughs> hey.
8: one. There really is a chance. I, I, I think Patrick this time.
4: Good, good. Well, I was uh, I was scrolling through Twitter a couple days ago, maybe a week ago. And I did see you got some pictures of the uh, the 6'2 lefty as in Phoenix Gill, Kendall Gill's son. What's up with him?
8: You know, I've heard a lot about him. And the thing I, that impressed me was Kendall Gill or Phoenix. When the fans see him, Vienna had a chance to look on Twitter. He looks exactly like his father. I mean, like they could be brothers, same mm-hmm. nose, lips, all of it. It's really unique. Um, not as tall. Um, they list him at like six foot, but he may be 5'11", which is kind of stretching it. But just as athletic, extremely athletic. Um, he's a guy that can put it on the floor, you know, and I I a lot of coaches, a lot of people throw around uh basketball IQ. I think for him, he really has it. You can tell that he's you know, been around his father a lot. Um, he doesn't force anything, even you know, a lot of freshman guards turn it over a little bit. He didn't do that. He can jump out of the gym to be that tall. I mean, to be five ten, five eleven. So his athleticism is there. And I had a chance to talk to Kendall um, after a couple of games, and they're just taking the approach to wait and see. But Kendall was extremely excited that Coach Underwood was there watching him because if his son gets an offer from Illinois, a serious offer, that's where he's going to go to school. <laughs> I don't think he's going to have a chance to go anywhere else. Kendall doesn't talk a lot about Illinois because he's with the Bulls, but that guy still bleeds orange and blue.
1: That would be pretty cool. Well, he he's young, too, so he's got a chance to – to still grow a couple of inches. I mean, isn't he only a freshman, right? Yeah, he's only
8: a freshman. And, and the same thing with Spears And Larry, that's a very good point. So many people are so quick to, I don't want to say downgrade a kid because they're not 6'5", or they don't weigh 220. They're freshmen. You know, remember, I can remember when I was a freshman, What I weighed, nothing like what I look like right now. So kids change. You know, they you know they're gonna get stronger. You know, you look at the the current basketball roster in Illinois right now, look at what Luke Goody looked like when he first came to Illinois, what he looks like now. So these kids are gonna grow. I just don't I think some coaches or some people are so quick to say, Hey, he's not big enough or not tall enough. There's Kendall six five, six, six. That kid's definitely gonna grow a
1: little bit more. Yeah, and, and remember how skinny Kendall was. Uh, as a freshman coming in at 18 years old from uh, from Rich Central back at 86 um, you know so yeah let's let's not uh, let's not close the door on Phoenix Hill. what a great weekend for him and great to hear that uh, Underwood's watching him hey before I let you go quick football question uh obviously we just heard from Matt and his analysis and some of these guys uh, I want to get your thoughts one guy you right away early on said this kid's probably gonna be an, an Illini, Mason Moragan the offensive line prospect from Michigan I know you got to know his family pretty well
8: Yes, that is a huge, huge, and in in my opinion, get for Coach Bielema. I think that kid has a lot of upside. I mean, a little bird told me that they know this is a steal. This kid is coached by his dad, and if you look at his stats, he has unbelievable stats, and they think they can work this kid into being an all big 10 type player by the time he's a junior senior, sometimes not about rankings guys. And this kid definitely has it and he's coachable. And you talk about a kid and a family who wants to be there. It's them.
1: That's awesome. Good to hear. I it's and it's, and it's just amazing to see the difference. Uh, one, of course, again, Brett Bielema, his approach and what he's trying to build long-term, but also, again, without COVID in the way, as we've had the past couple past couple of years, getting these kids on campus and getting uh, quite a few commits here before the 4th of July. I mean, we're not even into, into summer camps yet, preseason camps for some of these kids. Ken, as always, great stuff. Thanks much. Hang with us, by the way. We'll have part of your recent conversation with 2024 basketball prospect
4: they actually deliver on their promises call today for a free consultation 303-957-3092 that's neon rain at 303-957-3092 or visit them at neonrain.com hi this is larry smith proud native of central
1: illinois it's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades and as a lifelong illini fan it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind To have the best Illini-centric website around Great features, podcasts, insider stuff I know a little something about telling athlete stories And these guys know a lot about the Illini It's a perfect match Come over and check it out IlliniGuys.com Slow
5: down, they say You're getting older Relax Seriously You're on a mission You've got places to go Grandkids to see At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way.
11: This is Brad Underwood. You're listening to the Illini Guys for Spectacular. You know, Kendrick Prince literally has the ear
1: of recruits everywhere, talking to them and, uh, and yes, talking to the moms. Yes, he does. Caden Wilkins is a top t- 2024 prospect from the Quad Cities. He was in the house when Illinois beat Iowa back in March to win a share of their first Big Ten regular season title since 2005. He talked with Ked recently on Ked's Recruiting Roundup podcast.
12: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm huge on loyalty and when, when people are interested in me, I'm, um, I'm generally interested in them and I will take someone that's, and I, I like it when people show that they want you from the start and people that have believed in you. And that stands out to me when such a high caliber school will reach out to me and be the, the first power five school to text me on June 15th. And, the. The second school in general to text me, and also at one of our games this year in uh, I think it was Kansas City. Um, coach Coach Alexander was the the only coach in in the stands at one of our games, and our our 17U team was was playing over with a bunch of coaches in front of them, and Coach Alexander from Illinois was the only coach at our game, which really stood out to me that
8: he was there. You mean for your, uh, for your, AU you coach Alexander,
12: he came to two games, he came to two games and just that specific, there were other games where some coaches were there, but that specific game, he was the only coach in the stands when, uh, when there were plenty of coaches at, at other games and he was, he was there.
8: So let me ask you this: Having said that, you know, which I think is a pretty big statement that shows you, I mean, how dedicated, how interested Illinois coaches are. You're an Iowa kid, and up until the last year, year and a half, um, most of the kids in the state of Iowa they stay home. They either go to Iowa State or Iowa or you and I. And I mean, you and I have talked during the school year that you have some kind of Illinois ties. I forget what those were, and I want you to share that with the listeners and. Does that really matter to you anymore, um, or to you as a player, feeling the fact that you have to go to Iowa, Iowa State, considering I know you mentioned Iowa State, the school you're interested in, but how important is that for you to just say, hey, you know what, these other schools are looking at me, and like you said, they were in on me before other schools got involved?
12: You know, I mean, I, I don't think that I have to go to any, any Iowa school. I didn't grow up a fan of a specific Iowa school So I I just want to view every every team the same and I want to look at look at each team with a clean slate like I was never a fan of any of them and whichever one I feel I fit the best into and they can help develop me the best as a player and go win some games. I think I just want to find the best fit for myself so that that could be an Iowa school or that could be any anywhere else.
8: So what were those ties? I mean, I forget what it was. You said you had some family um, ties or it
12: something was my, my best friend, my best friend's dad and him are huge Illinois fans. And we went, we went to a game when I was younger and he he's been an Illinois fan his whole life. He's from Champaign. So, um, so I saw the, Illinois versus NC State game with Dennis Smith, so that was <laughs> yeah. like one of my first first ever college college games, and that was in Champaign. So,
8: well, here's a question I want to ask you. You were there, you know, being from the Quad City area, that when well, Illinois played Iowa uh, mm-hmm. for the Big Ten championship, that was a crazy environment. It was a really unique day because going into the day. Illinois kind of had second place locked up and then Nebraska went in to beat Wisconsin to Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So the whole mood changed in the locker room. I don't know if you were down in the locker room or I know you were there as a recruit, but what that, can you explain what that was like to have witnessed that knowing the fact it wasn't Iowa school, but you know, in Illinois, Iowa rivalries, but just that environment, what was that like for you to experience that?
12: Yeah. I mean, I think that that environment was definitely the craziest, best environment i've I've been in for a basketball game and I think I think that had a lot to do with the what was at stake in the game and and how bad each team wanted it and both teams brought the energy the fans brought the energy and it was honestly just a great a great game to watch and especially the way it ended just honestly you couldn't have, couldn't have scripted it. Better either team who won, it was just that that close of a game for the Big Ten championship. And then the celebration after was just really cool to see and understand what Illini fans are like.
1: Again, you can hear the entire interview on Ked's Recruiting Roundup podcast. You can find that on the front page of IlliniGuys.com or wherever you download your podcast. Uh, Ked, again, is our director of recruiting for IlliniGuys.com, still with us here on the Sports Spectacular. Ked, uh, I know that you actually uh, know this young man and his family, and, and you're really impressed with uh, with him not only on the court, but also who he is off the court.
8: Yes, he's a great individual. He's great in the classroom. Um, extremely appreciative. He's one of those yes-sir, no-sir guys and polite, but he's an animal on the basketball court. Uh, I know the, the, the staff... Really likes him. Uh, Coach Chester Fraser is a guy that's the lead recruiter with him, and and he likes what he has. You know, he's seen about him, and he likes what he brings to the table. Ted, where do you
3: see him fitting in? You know, when you look at his skill set uh, with this current roster or the roster that'll be there, you know that we would guesstimate will be there in twenty twenty four. Mike, right, that's a great question. You know, one of the things
8: Coach Underwood mentioned last week was you, gotta have, you got to have – they have a lot of stars on, on their roster. Sometimes you need guys who aren't expected to come in and looking to play 30, 40 minutes a game. And I think, you know, Caden is one of those guys. He's one of those guys that will come in and who can, you know, spell a guy 10 or 15 minutes a game. And that's what he's probably going to be in the regards to whether he goes to Illinois Iowa, Michigan, or, or Michigan State, or wherever. I think that's the type of player he is, and I can see him coming in and make, get in that top eight or nine rotation to help this, to help them out when they need a spell for somebody.
1: Uh, as we mentioned, he's a rising junior, so he still has has some time. Um, you know, he's he's been on campus. It sounds like listening to just that bit of a clip right there that he said. I didn't grow up rooting for an Iowa school. I don't feel the need to go to an Iowa school, even though I'm, you know, living here in Bettendorf. I mean, sounds like he's a a big Illinois fan.
8: He's a big Illinois fan. And, you know, one of the things he told me in school once was he went to a game and when they played North Carolina State and it was a great atmosphere, but that one in uh, Champaign when they won the Big Ten Championship, he got goosebumps. Him and his dad both. It was a great environment. That was a great environment for all, all recruits that weekend, guys.
1: Yeah. I, I think probably not just the recruits who are in house, but I think any recruits <laughs> looking at the program, that was one of those scenes that you just don't see. And especially coming out of COVID, we just haven't seen that kind of, uh, that kind of atmosphere in a long time. And because the only basketball has been down for so many years, we haven't seen it in Champagne. So yeah, very good stuff. Once again, that's the uh, Keds recruiting roundup podcast. Caden Wilkins is a young man, 2024 prospect. And Ked is always great job with that. And, uh, you are now dismissed. We will see you next week.
8: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: You know, school's out. Gotta gotta get Ken in the school in the school mo school motif, you know, the day jobs. Gotta make sure he stays uh, with what's going on there.
3: Ken dismissed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Much more coming up quick time out here. This is the Alani Guys Sports Spectacular, powered by AlaniGuys.com.
0: You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio.
1: Let's uh, talk a little Illini hoots. Brad Underwood uh, talked with the media last week. We heard a bit of that on last week's show. Let's play a little bit more of that now, and we'll get the guys' thoughts
11: on the other side. I think our style of play favors him. I think that, uh, uh, I think from a, from a confidence standpoint, uh, he, can, he can grow, he has a lot to begin with. He's got great swag, he's not afraid of anything, he's very talented. And um, I think we're gonna put him in a, in a, in a situation where he, he's got an opportunity to be a, to be a great player. And uh, so I'm excited about that, I think he can, he can really grow. I think he's an elite defender, I've always thought that since high school. And, and now getting out and running and playing tempo and using his versatility, uh, we, utilize, we utilize all of that. Maybe knowing him since high school, and then what's his evolution? Been for the last four years at Baylor, having a chance to play against him a couple years ago, to looking at him now this his offseason, to, to add. Him? Of well, I think it, you know, I, I, I think one, it starts with winning. This teams won in high school, playing great teams. it has been around. He's been around great talent. Um, his whole life, he's been very well coached even at high school level and, and at Baylor, and I think it's just uh, uh, you know continuing to uh, to evolve and the, the side of um, uh, improving, you know, improving, and shooting, becoming that guy that that is a, a very consistent, you know, forty percent or better three point shooter. I think that. Uh, uh, we, get, we got the opportunity to get in those looks. And I think him being a focal point, potentially, for, for what we want to do on that end, will help him grow in that area as well. Yeah, there's so much talk about the transfer portal. And you, see, you kind of go out evaluating high school kids this summer. I mean, High school recruiting is still a major, major part of Illinois' future and success. Yes, there's no doubt. I, I think the one thing that uh, uh, We'll be forced to be extremely selective. Um, I, I, don't, I don't want to miss on guys. I don't want guys that, that uh, don't want to be here and, and grow. I think that, that I, keep, I keep using the word development. I think we're the elite development program. I believe that. Um, from, from Fletch to what we do on the court with our coaches, um, our guys get better. And so uh, that's a very important to me to see guys grow in that area. Um, and, and making sure guys understand that if they're talented enough to become one and done, I get it. Uh, but uh, you know, there's also tremendous, tremendous value in age and experience, and I think you, you've got to have that right balance. I like this team. It's one of the reasons TJ and, and Matt we went out and got with these uh, with these four freshmen who, are, who I think are really really talented.
10: Today's a pretty big day on the recruiting calendar. How, how did you and your staff approach that? Were, were you man on the phones at midnight?
11: Absolutely. As I was sitting in a car coming back from an event in Chicago, uh, we reached out to some some really quality young players. And uh, uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's that's what you can kind of count on June 15th at midnight, that uh, most coaches are going to be, be reaching out to their top priorities. Uh, going into the season, but how much has on the way college basketball is going to get Oh, it's huge. Uh, you know, I think it's very challenging to keep 13 happy. Uh, I'm not sure you can keep 12 happy. I'm not sure, you know, I, I think that uh, uh, it has to be the right, the, right, the right mix, the right fit. I'm not, uh, uh, I think we're going to see more and more players available at semester. Um, I, we, we got a Steele in Dane that semester, uh, a guy that uh, got to practice with us and, and grow, and a guy that's lost you know, 30 plus pounds since he's been here. Uh, so there's an advantage to that and having having, having an open scholarship or two is, is not a bad thing.
3: NIL is a big part of the decision making process now for guys and Seems like you guys have been really competitive in that arena. How have you evaluated what that's brought to your program, or what you have on the table in that sense? Yes
11: and no. I, you know, I think that I think that every every young player's situation is different. I think we're looking at guys that, uh, uh, for variety of reasons, I you know, not to downplay NIL, it is. It's a factor in what we do, uh, and it is very important, and I think it'll continue to be very important, but. Uh, But I think everybody's got a little bit of a skewed look at, you know, thinking all these kids are just out here to make money and and see how much they can get, and that's not the case. I think, you know, and and, and TJ and Matt and, you know, those guys are are, uh, very committed to what we're trying to do from the development piece, and and that was important for those guys and and having a relationship. And and Matt had one with with TA, and, you know, I've known – no matter while so I think all those things factor in. I, I I don't think it's just dollars and cents, like everybody wants to make it, uh, but but it is a part of it, and and we have to be at the top of our game of, uh, as we move forward in the future to be able to, to compete in, that, in in that uh, arena. With Matt coming from was a TJ, same deal, Texas Tech. How much can that piece maybe help a, a younger team you've got around? That. Well, that's always been a major part. Um, maybe Alfonso last year was a little bit of the, the, the off center piece that, that had not come from the winning program. We dove pretty deep into the character and, and his work ethic. But um, look at all four of those freshmen and, and the success that they had. Um, one of the things you can usually count on in, in our recruiting is the winners. And they've come from winning programs, and we're not going to take guys that aren't, for the most part. But uh, you know, TJ's been to an Elite Eight. Uh, obviously, Matt's a national champion. Uh, Baylor's been hardly out of the top five in his time there. Uh, and, and so, winning becomes very contagious, and it's it's there's lessons to be learned from that. And um, you know, they can pass that on to us, uh, coaches, too. You know, hear their stories too. Uh, obviously, the young players, and so uh, that's a big part of, of uh, uh, the reason we wanted them. And it's uh, it's something that uh, I hope uh, helps us continue to grow and get where we want to go. Coach,
10: with the roster turnover, does leader development become a, a, a bigger part of the picture? And who are some of the the kids you expect to step up?
11: Yeah, too early yet. I, I know Luke's going to be in that mix. I think Luke's. Uh, um, He's got natural leadership instincts. Uh, TJ's been very, very good in that area uh, to this point. Um, obviously, that's we'll, something I don't force. I kind of try to let it happen organically and grow. Uh, but um, I think we've got high-character guys, and um, uh, we'll see how that that evolves with you know with Coleman, RJ, uh, all being a part of it. But I think that uh, you know, I feel great about Luke. Um, you know, at this point, his is you know he was that way as a freshman. So now it's enhanced as he's a, as he, as he becomes a veteran. You know, the
2: one thing that's been consistent since he arrived on campus is the maturity of a guy like Luke Goody and Underwood is consistently praising his work ethic, his maturity, his leadership ability. He led the freshman last year. You can see, and even you saw him. We we talked about it a little bit during the season last year where Goody would like. Talk to the older guys and almost take a leadership role when they come off the floor and when they get a little rattled. And so that's really kind of special when you got a guy with that kind of uh, leadership skills.
3: Yeah. And you also have to look at the lead by example. People talk about that video that showed Ty Rogers going after the ball on the ground like it was a piece of gold. Um, he's going to set a tone for this team. And, um, that type of, uh, that type of practice behavior is contagious. And we all know that, uh, uh, Shannon jr. Was, was also doing that type of stuff. And, and pretty quickly this Illini team may be just as intense as any team that Underwood's put out there. And that's fun to think about.
1: You know, one thing we haven't talked about yet here in the show, Brad, you were up in the, at the Riverside, Brookwood Brookfield shootout last week, and I know you spent some time with Underwood. What's different about him now than, than maybe last year? And then, of course, he's you know, lost some weight, looks great. Uh, but what's, what's yeah. different now in terms of it's a different era for his Illini program?
2: Yeah, I, I, so I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is, one, they're more confident in where they're at and they can be a little more selective on the recruiting trail. They know exactly what they want. I think that's one. They kind of have a feel for their program. And the other thing is too. I, I think he's he's realizing that the last two years have been such a grind. I think he's reached a point where he understands there has to be some balance with his own life too. And I, I just over and over, I've gotten that where he's got to have some like separation because they have, remember they were locked in COVID and all those things over the past two years. Been constant. It's been like twenty four seven. And I think he realized that now. And I think that's he's really got a great perspective there.
1: Yeah, I, I think that um, the breather was good. I mean, just to take—we've mentioned before. Just I know yeah. the fans, fans hate it when you have downtime, <clears throat> but it's been a good thing. No, there's no question. Hey, the Illini ladies are up next. Shawna Green's
0: latest comments, and the Illini gal, Adelia McKenzie, is up next. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network.
7: Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC.
1: Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green continues to tour the state, getting to know fans everywhere. Kendrick Prince recently caught up with her in Peoria. You know, I believe in our staff that we brought on board and I believe in our
13: players. So uh, I, I don't think there's any anything standing in our way. We just, you know, it's gonna take time. it's obviously to win anywhere is hard to win any one college basketball game is, is hard, um, but we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do everything we can to prepare uh, to be successful.
10: Style wise, what kind of coach are you?
13: You know, we're going to play fast. Our, our tempo, we want to be up and down. Our Phoenix transition, we want to score in six seconds or less. But that all starts with defense. So you got to defend and you got to rebound in order to play at the tempo we want to play. So we hang our hat on our defense. We've been a top, past six years, um, we've been a top 15 uh, team in the nation while we were at Dayton um, defensively in our field goal percentage So and defensive rebound. So we're going to, you know, that's what we'll hang our hat on so we can play the tempo
11: we want to play. I know you can't talk specifically, but you made an offer to a pretty prominent Peorian. Um, what's your message to the high school coaches and high school players in Peoria and around the state?
13: You know, we want Illinois to be a destination that all Illinois kids want to go to, and and we want to bring that energy and that excitement back where they grow up, and they're like, I want to go and be a part of that program. I want to go. And, and be able to put Illinois across my chest and, and be proud of that and, and compete for championships at my home state school. So uh, we're gonna recruit you know as hard as we can, the players that fit what we're doing from the state. There's a lot of unbelievable players in the state of Illinois. And, and again, we want them to wanna come to our school and put on that uniform.
8: You've had an opportunity to have a kind of full practice with a number of kids. What is that like considering when you first got there you only had a few?
13: It's so great to have a full team and and to be able to look out and and have, you know, we have 10 here right now, still have a couple other ones um, that will be coming um, that are just out of the country right now. But uh, last two days, energy has been great. Our communication has been great. Um, Just really like this team. I like how hard they're working. I like the passion they're displaying. Um, and, And all I care about is getting better one percent better day by day and we are better today than we were yesterday and we'll just keep continuing to have that mindset
8: you had a couple kids that transferred out but some that stayed Um, i've talked to a couple of those kids and they love the new terminology and how things are different how big of an adjustment has that been for you to keep the new kids the older kids excuse me Um, that were left off the last half.
13: You know, they've been, I've said this in multiple interviews, they've been unbelievable. Like they have bought in from the the very beginning and and I credit them for that. So they've worked extremely hard. They've really almost kind of become those leaders, even with the the few weeks that we had with workouts at the end of the year with them. And I'm really, really happy the growth they've made, Uh, even in a couple weeks when they were at home, they came back and they looked really, really sharp and they're better at the things that we were teaching them before they left they've gotten even better at that. So that leads me to believe that they're believing in what we're doing, they've been practicing it, and and the the results I've seen.
8: One other question, when I talk to some of the recruits, they can see a difference, how aggressive this staff is versus some of the other staff members that have been in the past. What is your message, I know you just mentioned before with the recruits, but what are you sending message-wise to these kids to stay home and how good Illinois can be?
13: You know, I just think that we recruit how we recruit and that's relationships, right? So if we think that, you know, if it's an Illinois kid or, if it's some other kid, if we think that they fit what we do in terms of basketball, in terms of their character, in terms of their work ethic, and and they're going to be, we want people to, you know, five years down the road when they watch, they're watching high school kids or AAU teams and they're the kid that works really, really hard and really, really disciplined and has a lot of passion. They want, we want them to be able to say, hey, that's an Illinois kid and have that kind of that, that you know that staple of what our program looks like so um we're just really energized about it and and we're going hard to build relationships with the kids that fit that brand
1: oh the Eye gal Adelia McKenzie joining us now in the middle of summer workouts Uh, Adelia good to have you back on the show you just heard coach green I know you've been really excited about it but you're now you know a couple of weeks into summer workouts is is the adoration wearing off is she driving you nuts now in practice
14: I wouldn't say that. Um, i say the workouts are really intense though, but I really enjoy the workouts and being in that intense environment. It's just really good to be in.
3: So, Coach sounds like uh, she's very personable, but as we listen to those interviews, um, boy, it sounds like she's here to win. What told you that uh, she means business when you had a chance to, now that you had a chance to, you know, practice with her and talk with her many a time?
14: Um, I would say when she got on us this one time, she was just saying, like, how our energy is low and she doesn't uh, take, like, mediocre things. I know she say, if you want to go halfway, if you want to, like, not give your all, then we can step off the court and leave because she's here to win. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's time. It's a good time. Okay.
4: (laughs) So are you getting shades of what it's going to be like during a game? Is that what you're feeling already?
14: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just super intense, but it's also positive, you know? Oh, what's so
4: positive about it? Yeah, tell me about that.
14: It hypes me up. Like, hearing stuff like that hypes me up because, like, I feel like right now people see us as – Oh, I guess Illinois, that's a blowout for us. But, and I hate that people think like that, think that we're weak and stuff. But now we got new coaches, new team. I just have this winning mentality and knowing that Coach Green has that hype for me when she gets on us. because it's like, I want what she want and we all want to win. So I'm just willing to do whatever it takes and a team is too.
1: In other words, it's on like Donkey Kong. Is that what you're saying?
14: Yes, yes.
3: (laughs) All right, now. Larry, uh, you're bringing up something that was probably like 20 years before she was born. There, it, but, but she knew. She knew. I know. I know. I know. Okay. Good. Good. That,
1: that's, that's universal in Ad- Adelia. That's that's a universal cultural thing. I mean, it's it goes way back. I knew you knew. I knew you knew.
5: Hey, yeah. you know,
1: we had we had a guest on earlier, Doug Aldrich, talking about name, image, likeness, and um, uh, we 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 did kind of mention. We asked the question. Universal question that, that people who listen to the show already know. We have to ask you, are you still wearing deodorant in practice?
14: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I am. I actually upgraded my deodorant. Oh. Now I got the spray deodorant. Oh. And I you put slurs. one in my locker.
3: <laughs> there you go. So, so you always have a backup just in case?
14: Just in case, because that one day, I, I just could never do that to my team again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: We'll figure okay. out who you, who your uh, biggest rival is on court when we watch the opposing team walking around, waving underneath their nose when they're around you.
14: <laughs> yep, y'all will know. <laughs>
4: It'll be our secret,
1: our tell. That's right. That's right. All right, awesome stuff. Adelia McKenzie, she's the Illini gal. Uh, good to talk with you. Enjoy the week, and we'll talk to you next week appreciate you guys thank you all right appreciate you you, star guard of the fighting Illini women's basketball team and uh, again getting back to workouts getting ready it's on like donkey kong make sure you go fill the hall fill the uh, state farm center uh, coming up this winter more on the sports spectacular right after this slow down
5: they say you're getting older relax seriously you're on a mission you've got places to go grandkids to see at OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way.
0: You're listening to The Sports Spectacular, powered by alinaiguys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio
1: still here in the Atlanta Guy sports spectacular. Hey, we need to give a shout out to some all Americans track and field, Olivia Howell and John Davis uh, last week, uh, spectacular performances at the NCAA championship. We were missed. We didn't mention that. want to make sure we give them some orange and blue love. And then this week, uh, Adrian DeMalta Chassert, the star golfer, another uh, all American honor with the uh, golf week. What a great job uh, for the Belgium.
2: Yeah, it's great to see those guys do well. You know, I was thinking about them running a mile and, um, I, they didn't even have to like put a pizza on a hat in front of them as they're running a mile to run that fast. Like they do with Mike, like we do with Mike
3: here. So
2: I'm not certain I could
3: do a full mile. I could get at least like, I well, don't know. 50 the pizza yards? would
2: be, the pizza would be gone within 50 <laughs> yards. So you, but you'd run hard for that
3: 50 yards. I guarantee it. <laughs> I've got a long reach, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> He's got
1: skills. He's got skills. Uh, <laughs> great job with, uh, with them. Um, some sad news out of the big 10 this week is we all remember Caleb Swanigan, uh, who just was outstanding as a freshman for Purdue. And, and what a just a, a heartbreaking story, this young man and and the obstacles that he overcame to become a top basketball player. Uh, All-American at Purdue in his, his one year, went on to be a first round pick, died this week at the age of, of 25. And certainly um, our thoughts and uh, prayers go out to his family.
2: Yeah, I got to You know, obviously
1: I got to follow him um on the circuit a little bit and
2: you know when he was at Purdue as well and and he's uh you know just it's it's really sad you know his he was like a great uh story like a success story coming from nothing and you know if you've read the articles about him and you know anything about his background it was such a success story and to have it end this way is is really sad
3: yeah it, it puts it in a lot of pers- perspective for a lot of us He's 25, which was the same age as my son, Connor, who writes for Illini guys. Um, And, you know, really, you know, when you think about somebody with all that potential and all the things that they could do to to, uh, affect people's lives over the next 50 to 60 years that you would expect, it's uh, tragic to see this happen.
1: Yeah, you guys are right. It puts things in perspective. I mean, you know, look, we have fun. You know, we we will. Needle other fans and, and, and all that, but bottom of the line, this is uh, this is a life and a young man who, um, you know, had people around him who cared about him. And so um, again, like you said, certainly uh, a life gone too soon. Uh, we talked last week on the show about uh, the ongoing rivalry now between the PGA tour and an LIV golf. We saw this week, uh, Brooks Kepka, the four-time major winner jumping to LIV and then the PGA tour answering back uh, with saying, hey, we're going to go out there and put some twenty million dollar purses out there. Competition um, does uh, some amazing things, doesn't it? That all of a sudden the PGA Tour finds some money to put on the table.
3: Yeah, that was that was interesting. Yeah. I guess if you're a PGA golfer, you might want to send a thank you note to Greg Norman when you cash the check uh, if you if you win something. Um, but I think you know, well, there's there's obviously a darker side to this, Brad.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there's no way, here's the thing. I, and I have no problem with this. My problem with all these guys that went to the LIV is that they just, they said it was for, well, this, and I want the, no, they went for the money. Just say I went cause they gave me X number of dollars and stop with the BS. That's my problem with it all. Now, if they want to do that, that's fine. Now, the one thing who they're in bed with is a whole nother story, and I'm not getting political, So, but obviously they're not the best people in the world. They've got unlimited funds. But the other part about this, too, is what's going to happen – we haven't thought about the Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup, well, all these guys won't be getting points when they're playing the LIV events. So the Ryder Cup team may look a lot different for the PGA, for the U.S. side – when we get there, then then what we are used to. Uh, these are like star players, some Dustin Johnson, Brooks Koepka, etc. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Uh, we should point out, by the way, the 150th British Open says they will allow LIV players to play in the Open, the final major on the calendar uh, next month. So, but but you're right, you're exactly right. They're not gonna get points, and so something to think about. Hey, two hours as always has gone way too fast. Big thanks to our guest, a former Illini golfer, Nick Hardy, and. You're really just doing a fantastic job in the PGA tour himself. Great to have him on the show and have his perspectives. Look forward to talking to him again as well. And Doug Eldridge, you talked NIL with us in the first hour. Great to have him on and get his perspectives, as we always want to learn more about name, image, and likeness and just how it is changing the college landscape. Be sure to join us next week. The guys from Campus ain't coming up. Wait until you find out what they are up to and who they are talking to. Uh, It's pretty good stuff for all of us here. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you same time, same station next week. Until then, go Illini. ILL.
3: I. -I. This has been a
0: presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.